the Terminator in Mortal Kombat 11 has the fucking worst Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, stand-in I think I've ever heard, and it's really <laughs> upsetting. Like the voice? Yes. Yeah. And he's also he looks one. he looks lame as fuck too. They're like, oh, you put Terminator in a fighting game, and you made him the most boring thing possible. They made him old yeah. Arnold. Yeah. Well, they, he's I, got a couple skins, but also he's just like, hey, remember Jason from Mortal Kombat X? He's slower and doesn't have a machete. Oh. He has a shotgun. Yeah, but like it's in a fighting game, you're like, hey, it's like when Negan shows up in Tekken, you're like, okay, well, I mean, everyone else has cool moves and projectiles, but you have a gun. Like, (laughs) it's a little bit I heard of uh, the Arnold impersonator's voice. Like, there was once or twice I'm like, I could believe that's old Arnold. And other times I'm like, oh no, oh no, sweet, what are you (laughs) doing? It's really, really fucking bad. Um, And before we get that ball rolling, hi, everybody, I'm Connor McGraw, and welcome to this, uh, after dark condition of phantom zone i don't know what the fuck we're talking about tonight we have a few bullet points we're gonna hit but otherwise it's gonna be just us kind of shooting the shit for a little while so who else is here uh arlen haro signing on eric Ruchik taking his rightful place as the third chair on the show <laughs> hunter hunter you i'm removed, the one who made you, you sick hunter's head I'm the and one who uh, made you sick yeah you absorbed his energy uh i yeah. infected him Yep. And I guess I'm fourth mic today, Lou Gonzalez. All yeah. right. And uh, on that note, you would be terminated is basically how he sounds. Oh. <laughs> it's fucking bad. They didn't even hire an Austrian, which would be like half a step. Yeah. Well, they, also, they like, not afford him? Every, well, everything else around the character outside of his appearance is knockoff. Like, they don't have the theme, um, they don't have the voice. And it just feels like it feels like you rented a Terminator. Like, <laughs> well, there's are there yeah. rights? Is it one of those things where the rights are really wonky? Well, Warner know? Brothers, Warner Brothers was got properties, you know, got the rights for fucking Predator, Alien, Jason, Freddy, uh, Leatherface, and a bunch of other shit. And all that stuff felt very, very, you know, sincere and genuine. Yeah. And then you get to this, and as soon as he opens his mouth, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, the illusions. Well, ruined. the only one of those things <laughs> talks is Freddy. Um, Leatherface, yeah. Leatherface kind of it like vocalizes. Yeah, but he doesn't talk in the. But movies. it's mostly, but it's mostly like. <laughs> but who, yeah. who owns the rights to Terminator? Uh, a good uh, fucking I question. I believe <laughs> it's it Jim. I believe he got the right. Cameron back. does. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. isn't like uh, I can't even pronounce correctly. Uh, Calico or something. I the something like would... I think it was Halcyon got him for a while. And like, okay. but the problem is, every time a new Terminator movie gets made now, it's under a different studio and a different owner because yeah. those rights just just bounce from place to place to place, which would explain yeah, it's very why Evil like, Dead situation from Terminator oh. Three to Salvation to Genesis to this, it's like none of these movies look the same, feel the same, have the same aesthetics or quality levels, like. Excuse well, they do. Like, there I, are certain things that they do all share, such as plot points and concepts and ideas. Oh my god, there's just, some things. That, okay, so it says a lot. Thing. It's it, it says a lot when Terminator Salvation is the most unique movie of the fucking bunch. It says right. Megan Ellison. I don't who know the who this fuck is. is that. <laughs> oh no, Megan Ellison. She runs Annapurna. Uh, her father oh. is uh, Larry Ellison. Um, yes. Oh, she's yeah. all right. Yeah, she's the one who's been like, I don't care. I have the money to invest in things I want to invest in, if I remember right. correctly. Yeah, I yeah. remember reading she something. She picked up the rights last, like a while ago. Yeah. 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 
There are okay. worse hands it could be in. And I'd like to uh, correct you, Connor, earlier you said Genesis. It's actually Genesis. Thank you. Right. I'm sorry. It's well, both are incorrect. I would say every time I every time I refer to it in the the movie done for chat, I I just type it out as as Genesis. Yeah. All both of those things are accurate. Yeah. When you say Genesis, though, it sounds like something you. It's like I can't go. I have Genesis. Contact your doctor if you have I came down with Ganiasis. Like, I can't do it. It's it sounds like something that's... What's Ganiasis? I can't explain it now. It would take 10 minutes and two cutaways to two people talking about timelines in a truck. It's Metal something you a penicillin shot for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need some antibiotics. I have Ganiasis. What would also be like five minutes of the commercial would just be the, if you have Ganiasis, these are some of the side effects yeah. with the cure. Incoherent rambling, useless nostalgia. Um, but uh, impressions of Austrian men. Yeah, actually, and going back <laughs> to that, um, one of his fatalities is fucking awesome, and the other one is the stupidest thing I think I've ever seen come out of a Mortal Kombat game. It's the so awesome one is the, the, Does the, he drive the, a car the, into somebody after walking? Mm -hmm. No, the amazing one is that he shoots your legs off with a shotgun, summons a time sphere around you, sends you to the future where Terminators murder you. Yes. Shit. Dude, <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. They like ion blast you in the chest. And the second one, he tail whips you the motorcycle and shoots yeah, you with a shotgun and you just explode. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 yeah I was and that's, bored with that one. That's a honestly, uh hot take on Mortal Kombat eleven. Now that I've had some time with it, I am for the first time in a long time thoroughly unimpressed with the fatalities. I, and I think it's maybe it's 11 games of like how many different ways can you make a person explode? But, but also they don't have any they, they don't have any personality to them anymore. Like watching Ermac pull someone's guts out of their mouth with with telepathy is one of the grossest things I've ever seen. <laughs> well, I think that's the problem. It's like they had to like get so gory that eventually it's like, well, what do you do now? Like how many times can you cut someone's head off? Like how many different ways is there to cut well, it? Well, now it's like you don't you don't just cut someone's head off. You cut someone's head off and then you cut it in half nice. and then you cut it in fours and then you burn the fours. Like <laughs> right. And then yeah. and then you hit it and an eyeball comes flying towards the camera. Yeah, well. but in this game yeah. it's like how many different people pull off someone's skin? Like I think like <sighs> like like half of them do or like they hit you and then you just you just like your arms fly off. Like Shao Kahn's fatalities are both he hits you with a hammer and your head goes somewhere. Right. Well, like, my whole oh go ahead Lou no, I was just say like if you're in a fight why would you even do some of the fatalities that they do it's like you're doing a lot of extra effort uh, <laughs> someone, at work, someone at work brought that up he's like once you've cut someone in half why would you then cut their head off uh, you know <laughs> it would be I, I honestly don't understand like why wouldn't they bring back all the goofy stuff from Mortal Kombat 3 like babalities and stuff like that just yeah, to, like, change it up. Anima like animalities could be really cool if they, and that's if they... that's kind of why I like brutalities now because they're interesting and if you don't count on doing one and you pull it off by surprise it is it mm -hmm. is genuinely shocking every time like I discovered one not that long ago where like I can't remember what it was, but I think I was. Oh, it was the first time I did Sub Zeros where um, oh. he throw he one of his throws is he he throws you into a sheet of ice. But if you do the brutality, he throws you into a sheet of ice and then lobs an axe at your head and chops your head off. There's but it's all a, one motion. Yeah, 
there's another one because he has that move where he freezes the ceiling or the air above you and throws yeah. you into it. Yeah, there's a brutality where he throws you up, but there's spikes in it. So yeah. you get impaled on that, which I thought was pretty creative. But yep. I I got to admit, I fell off of Mortal Kombat 11 real quick. Like I, uh, I, The grinding I, is not fun. The Towers of Time are not fun. And yeah. after digesting it, the story is bad. Like, I thought I wanted Injustice, like, customization for the Mortal Kombat character. And it's not even that. It's, like, it's a, it's a half-ass version of it. Yeah, it is. It is. It just it doesn't feel as rewarding. And maybe it's because I'm not as in love with the MK characters as I am with DC. But I don't know. Just there was something that was missing with this one. I think they don't want to just replicate the Injustice stuff and slap on Mortal Kombat. But at this point, it's like you've been doing this since Mortal Kombat vs. DC. Like, you very clearly had a roadmap with that game. You've been following it. I don't know why you just wouldn't, you know. Yeah. yeah. But again, like, they could do some more, like, I feel like they've painted themselves into a corner with, like, the the violence aspect of the Mortal Kombat fatalities. Like, why not do the friendships or the babalities or any yeah. of the other stuff? Like, do yeah. something else to just freshen it up. Well, this game also feels like Warner Brothers got involved really fucking heavily and yeah. I think fucked a lot of stuff up, um, including the DLC, which is being carted out piece by piece over the course of the next year. Oh, God. Fuck off. <laughs> I paid for that combat pass so I can forget about it by next year. Oh, so they didn't learn anything from Street Fighter, the last nope. one? <laughs> nope. Yeah, because the last Mortal Kombat, like, it was within like six or eight months you had everything. If you yeah, buy that pass. Two separate passes, I think. They said, like, I think, because, like, Joker is one of the DLC characters. Like, Joker's not coming out until, like, fucking next May or something like that. Uh, that's it's, dumb. It's, it's, it's like every three to four months, a character will be released for that combat pass. It's, it's really fucking stupid. Whatever. I, this is the first Mortal Kombat game I haven't actually bought any of the DLC for. Because, like, with Mortal Kombat X and even 9, like, well, 9, I bought the gold version or whatever, the one that had everything unlocked. But with X, I was just like, yeah, here's my extra $30. Just give me all that shit then. Yeah, but and I one, bought the, I got this one because I really wanted um, Kari Fukunaga as uh, Shang Tsung, and he is awesome. <laughs> yeah. But big surprise there. And he references the movie all the time. He's fucking sassy as shit. I think at some point, if you if you fight Shao Kahn, Shao Kahn walks up and goes, you failed me for the last time, sorcerer. And Shang Tsung goes, in 2,000 years, I failed you exactly twice. <laughs> <laughs> and Shao Kahn just goes, unacceptable. Um, that is the best part of the game, though, is the little character interactions. Uh, they were better last game, though. Like, uh, I think when the Xenomorph walks out, it hisses, and Johnny Cage just goes, your head looks like a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's it. Oh, no. Am I going in and out? No. I, no, not for oh. me. Okay. Oh, for me, you were. I was just double-checked. Anyways, you know, behind-the-scenes anyway. shit. That's what we're good uh, at. Video yeah. game. Uh, so I also uh, I finished Hellblade. Um, fuck. Um. Yeah. That is one of the most emotionally taxing video games I've ever played in my whole life. Um, and the ending is incredibly sad, but very rewarding. Um, and it's sparse on combat. And like the end of that, the last like 25 minutes of that game is like, here's all the combat. Here's so much combat. I hope you enjoy it. It just beats the shit out of you. And I loved every second of it. And I think I sold someone on work in that game. I mean, he did. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, more people need to fucking play it. Yeah. 
Yeah, everybody should download it and give it a try, even if it doesn't sound like your thing. It's it's worth it. Um, and it's half off uh, to own right now, and it's available on Game Pass. Um, so if you have Game Pass, there's no reason not to try it. <laughs> I, I downloaded it and started playing it, but there's just so many other things that I have yet to beat that I just it's like, all right, I'll get back to you. The thing with that is here's the thing with Hellblade. Um, it's probably altogether like six to seven hours. That's it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it is a time. very if you get through it in a couple of days, like like a couple of sessions, it is a very streamlined experience. Um, mm-hmm. I think the thing that'll take the longest time for you is the puzzles, but the puzzles are really interesting because they it's all yeah. it's like perception filters. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to look at things from certain angles. You have to there's these little um, doorways you have to walk through that are. Uh, based on this god of illusions in that game. And if you walk through a certain direction, nothing changes. But if you turn around and walk through it in the opposite direction, the landscape in front of you will drastically change. Oh. Um, or uh, like something that was destroyed when I'd be rebuilt, there'll be a bridge up where there wasn't one. Uh, there's puzzles where you have to look at things at a certain angle and suddenly something that looks like it's completely destroyed will rebuild itself. Um, there's stuff hidden in the environment that will give you just like lore dumps and 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 character development. And uh, Arlen said it best; it has a Greek choir. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, it's, a, like whole... it's a game where it's very rewarding when you when you learn something, when you feel like you've like like learned a skill or, um, from the game, which is really weird to say. But like, when you feel like you've just like gotten a better understanding of something through like mm. putting the pieces together um, and things that you wouldn't think are important or that have anything to do with the gameplay um, are sometimes extremely important. Yeah. Uh, and when you realize that it just, it just makes the game. So and Senua's uh, psychosis is like central to the gameplay because she does hear voices, but you, you are also, you're, the way you're positioned is that you are technically one of the voices or presences in, in her head, and you're there for the ride. Um, and they essentially communicate to you and Senua about uh, dangers. Uh, if you're being attacked from behind, um, if you need to concentrate yeah. on something, if you need to look in a certain direction, um, they also uh, will stress the fuck out of you in certain situations where they just start ganging up on you as the player in a Senua and just start emotionally beating you down. Um, and uh, there's these runes you can go and uh, activate, and you get just Norse mythology uh, lessons from this uh, crazy Irish wild man that Senua knew when she was like a couple years ago, who just waxes on about the fucking Norse guy. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, it's, I think that goes into like the Norse mythology is so interesting because it's so vague. Yeah, like, well, and the way wild, he does like, it. And the way he does it, like he's he's talking about, I can't remember what point, but he's talking about how um, the ice giants were formed. And at some point, he's like, and then the water turned into a cow. Yes, a cow. You didn't see that coming, did you? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> he stops for a second to drop that extra bit of personality onto this wacky ass story about Norse mythology. He's telling you. Yeah. I think my biggest thing was like I started playing it. And I I know what happens in the game. Like I I know what the ending is, and I understand like the game is more about the journey, not the actual destination. That uh, yeah, and since I didn't know I was gonna be getting a PS4 at any point, and this was also before it was multi-platform, I took a dive mm-hmm. and was like, I need to know everything about this fucking game. So I knew the ending, but not the not everything leading up to it. And mm-hmm. pff, Jesus, 
there was a revelation right before the ending that changes the context of everything and makes a few details of the story way more horrifying. Um, I, that's the thing. I think I started playing that right around the time that either uh, I had gotten Far Cry 5 or or something, something that was shoot, shoot, bang, bang. And I'm like, no, I could be sad or I could go kill a whole bunch of trash in Montana. Right. And I chose to... <laughs> Go kill a whole bunch of trash in Montana. I I had the same thing. I had, I think I had like, no, that's right. So I was going to my parents' place for like a week. And when I got there, I had Spider Man um, waiting for me. (laughs) It's like, Senoa Spider Man. Uh, So yeah. 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 I'm thinking about Spider Man now thinking about oh, there, 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 one of the reasons why it took me so long to get through is I, when i restarted like four times because that game as cosmonaut said in his video review of it like it's best played uh like in a short window or you'll just you'll forget your progress like you'll kind of lose connection to what's going on and like i started and then like the universe is like resident evil 2 and i was like oh fuck god damn it <laughs> yeah i don't think i never gonna get through that. this like, I, I think I would actually go insane from the game. That's <laughs> like I would actually like begin to have my own voices. I think if I tried to play it all in one sitting, just because it's it's that taxing for me. Um, oh yeah, and there's a there's a stretch later on in that game where you there's a long period of that game. Where there's no combat. It's puzzle solving, but it's just, it's a section called the trials. Um, it's basically all these these mental tests that Seno has to go through and one of them is like my fucking heart was in my throat at some point because they deprive you of all your senses except for like just a little bit of sight and you have to go based off of uh what you hear yes yeah that reaction is very very genuine because they just drop you in the section and your the the disembodied voice of your you know your departed husband Dillion is like just follow follow these sounds and then you get to a house and you can't quite see something, but you just hear like slapping flesh and slurping and something gurgling and other well, god awful. Right. Yeah, see, <laughs> and some other and some other god awful noises. And you can see something that just looks like a bunch of legs piled together that just happen to be moving around. Um, it's yeah. fucking terrifying. But then, like Senua, as if she's speaking through you, goes like, I don't know what that is, but I'm terrified of it. And Dillian goes, okay, well, can you see it? And she goes, no. He goes, then it can't see you. Move around it. I was like, you charming son of a bitch. (laughs) Dillian is the best part of the game, by the way. He's the best. Well, because they they really, that game spends a lot of time showing you how the people around Senua were just the biggest piles of trash. Um, Especially her father, who is one of the most villainous people I've ever heard of, um, because Senua is... For all intents and purposes, like a paranoid schizophrenic, and Zindel, her father, is like, mm, yeah, you're cursed with darkness, and I'm going to lock you in this hole for days on yeah. end and not let you see anybody else in this village. Um, oh, and then yeah. so, like, so awesome. like a good parent. Yeah, a, yeah. Plague, a plague hits their village, right. and the people in the village blame Senua's uh, mental illness for the plague hitting them in the first place. Like, they're like, oh, it's her fault. Because, yeah, well, it's fucking, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's ancient that's Ireland. That's how it works. Yeah, that's how it worked up until, like, uh, the witch up until then. Yeah. <laughs> and then <a> after. <laughs> um, well, let's let's be honest, it's not her mental illness, it's because she's a woman. I mean, which, you know what, yeah. which never comes up, and, I, like, that is something I like about the game, is that it's never about her gender, because yeah. um, she's, she's 
one able to emulate Dylan, who Dillian, who is this like fierce combatant, um, and their relationship starts because she's he sees her one day and he's like, "You picked all that up from watching me?" She's like, "Yeah, I have to go now. Bye." He's like, "No, no, no, wait. You're awesome." <laughs> I mean, well, I, on that note, what I love is that she never does like Black Widow fucking wrestling moves or what the fuck ever. No, like she never, <laughs> she never strangles somebody with a fucking vagina. Um, she just like she does very practical moves that a person could learn from watching somebody else, yeah. And she's really, really, and she, and she, she, her, her strength is that if she's motivated enough, she'll just beat the shit out of you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, it's, I could be incorrect here, and uh, Lou, I know you have some background in history, Mm -hmm. but I feel like with like Norse and and scandinavian i guess culture back then like it wasn't really a matter of gender had a huge role like if you well, were a no, no. fighter we, we talked about it in the chat a little bit but i guess now it's a good place to it up. But like, uh the the village she's from is in a place called orkney and off the coast yep. of scotland and the romans were were petrified of these fucking people so they built a wall that runs across Europe to keep this one village in Scotland away well, from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Northern, like they built, the northernmost part of Europe. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. They they yeah, built this just, fucking wall to keep these villagers out. These well, they they were called the 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 Pictish barbarians. Um, yeah. So their their whole like they were kind of like a little like almost like a miniature Sparta. Like they're they're very very battle hardened people. Um, yeah. But then yeah. uh, according to like the what when the Norse when the Vikings landed there, the Pictish population just fucking evaporated. Um, mm-hmm. And it's likely, con- it's considered that when the Vikings got there, they destroyed these people. Um, well, it's one of the yeah, people it's also a simulation them. and uh, yeah. Like, yeah, the two cultures sort of became one, one. over yeah. time. There's, there's that, because the Vikings, that was like part of their culture, but also they were also like very technically advanced for their time period. Yeah. Be- that's how they people probably don't know that like, that's how they got to america before anybody else yeah yeah and i guess what they would do is also because they would uh sacrifice like the strongest like the chieftains and strong warriors they would sacrifice them in you know ritualistically so like mm-hmm. even if you spared the whole village like you took away their best fighters and their leaders mm-hmm. like these people are doomed yeah this mm-hmm. is also a period of time where uh the varangian guard is a thing which is where in order to get experience and become a better fighter, you would go to the eastern uh, edges of the Roman Empire and you would work as a sellsword, basically. Um, and oh, you, would, you would guard the emperor sometimes. Oh, man. What is that terrible move? Like, didn't they do a Clive Owen, like, shitty King Arthur movie kind of like this? Yes. With Kira Knightley, Knightley, where there was a controversy about her boobs in the poster. Yeah. Yes. There's that movie, and then there's um, Centurion and the Eagle, one of which is an accidental sequel to the other. Yeah, uh, Centurion. Um, And they both take place beyond the wall. The the wall, Hadrian's Wall, is the wall that George is drawing from. Your cousin. Yep. Uh, He stole (laughs) it directly from Hadrian's Wall. Um, Because it was a place where you would send prisoners and people who have no future, and they would take lifelong oaths to guard that wall against the picks. Um, So yeah, but yeah, and and it's it's all relevant to the game because uh, Seneca goes out to the wilds because she tells her she convinced herself she's like 
I'm going to go just just basically beat out this this illness and I'm going to come back and, you know, it'll it'll be fine. It'll be gone. Um, uh, essentially, in a spirit quest, when she's gone, the Viking Raiders hit her village and Dillion is the one who sacrificed. He gets the Blood Eagle treatment. Um, and that is why she essentially breaks. Um, but I think they kill her. I think they kill her father as well. But I'm not sure if we ever find out what happens in Bill. But her mother's fate, I'm not going to detail here because holy fuck, um, it's dark. <laughs> it's mm. really important. Um, but yeah, when she comes back, like I think she's pretty much the only person left in her village alive. So her 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 love life and culture were wiped out with these people. Yeah. And I found out Druth is uh, Druth is the uh, the the man who speaks to you and gives you these Norse uh, tales is based on a saint named Finden, who was a Celtic who was captured by the Vikings and uh, basically uh, bargained his own release eventually, and then was recaptured and then escaped again. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, and Druth means uh, Druth is a word that means liar or. But uh, he's, he's a very cool character in that game. He's all done with uh, who they just kind of layered on top of the gameplay world. So you get this very surreal looking uh, uh, character pop in and out of reality every now and then. Yeah, well, it's one of the cool things about Norse mythology is it's so well, I was I started talking about it earlier, but like it's so because it was an oral tradition, unlike Egyptian or Greek or Roman, where everything's mm -hmm. somewhat written down, like there is so little written down of the story. Is very easy to interpret, which is why it's mm -hmm. a really good world to play in for books and comics and games. Yeah. Um, which is why like God of War works so well, like the new one. Mm -hmm. Um so you had Senua, yeah. and I feel like it's uh, what was, is it too human was the game that they tried to do it with, but like it's it's a great world to play in because it is so vague. It has a lot of the same um what do you call it? Like what it's trying to tell, like the kind of lessons it's trying to teach with the characters. Allegories. But there's much, yeah, the allegories, but it's so much more room to play with. Yeah, and like it's weird because, uh, for a game whose character is Celtic, the game leans heavily into uh the idea of Ragnarok. Um, yeah, well, that you, I th I think that deals like more with like historically. There's ethnically in like Europe. There's really only like three or four peoples depending on like where you're drawing lines yeah yeah if you want to if you want to take a very like bird's eye view of things like yeah there's like three like, or yeah. four groups basically so you have like the latins which would be like rome and greece and like the whole mediterranean area from like spain france over then you have like the dramatic tribes which is all like central europe uh england is is like where that then turns into like the Celts, and then you have like Eastern Europe, which is like the Slavic people. Yeah, That's kind of where everybody comes from. And there was an interesting thing because once Senua gets to the the Northmen's territory, like it, there's lots of there. Well, first of all, there's a shit ton of corpses, um, but it seems like some kind of cataclysm has already happened to the the Vikings, like. There is some kind of unnamed massacre that happened because, like, it's you don't see any signs of, like, I would say, like, there's signs of, I guess, battle and destruction everywhere, but no sign of the actual cause. Like, there are busted up uh, Viking ships everywhere, but there's also, like, tons of people in the ocean. 
Yeah, it could be like like they were always yeah. battling with the Slavic people as well as um I'm trying to think here. Like as crazy it was like the um the cons and stuff got all the way to like parts of Western Europe. Yeah. Like the Mongols and stuff. And then you also had the Huns, which was the Germanic tribes. Like they were kind of which is why like the Vikings kind of went away. Like Scandinavia things went away fairly early well, on. Like they they didn't well, last the, long. The, other, the Germanic the part, tribes took over. The other wrinkle well, in this was thing with this game, yeah, is that so here's the thing. This is kind of it's a mild spoiler. Senua never sees the people who kill, destroy her village. She has no idea what they look like, she has no concept of them. Uh, so a lot of what you're seeing is her interpretation of what these people are and what they appear to be. Mm-hmm. So what you, and it's Senna was not exactly a reliable narrator because she's, she's fucking nuts by the time you, you pick up and play as her. Um, so a lot of what you're seeing is through her, through her filter of like what she imagines this place to be and what she imagines these people are. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I lost my turn of thought. Um, <laughs> Uh, actually, now I guess we can we can pivot away from this because there's another meaty topic that we brought up before the chat started, and uh, a certain movie came out yesterday. Yeah. We live in a we live in a society. I'm sorry, I fucking hate that phrase nowadays. Um, we live in the king of comedy or taxi driver. Oh, here's a guy. Before before we get into the the, the full discussion, like. That phrase used as a pejorative to take down something edgy is so tired and so lame. It's like, I get it. You're above this. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, yeah, the uh, the Joker movie's out. Yeah, and anyone who's going to yeah. commit acts of violence around this movie, we're going to do it anyway, regardless of what the movie was about. So everyone, stop bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, mm. I, I don't I don't want to say anything without having seen it, but just people I know who have seen it like have said like yeah, there's some there's some real icky things in here that it seems to be kind of championing, and it, maybe it's not even intending to champion them, but it it is regardless, and that's mm. that's worrisome to me. I have also read that in much the same vein as uh, the game we were just talking about it goes through someone's perception filter. Um, that Arthur Fleck is an extremely unreliable narrator and mm-hmm. that a lot of what you see happen in that movie may not have even happened. Mm-hmm. And then it might be the weird, deluded fantasies of a guy who loses touch with reality very fast. I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything because I know a few things. So Me too. Yeah. It's, here's, yeah, it's curious. I, I still feel like I'm on the point of... If this was not called the Joker and he did not call himself the Joker, would all this controversy be going on? Like, would this no, just well, be this like this super artsy film? Yeah, like, yeah, there's movies, like, yeah. Because again, like, I don't, we don't, I don't feel like we needed this, like, as a Joker movie. Okay, like, okay, I agree. Do we, did we need a movie to try something different with comic books to, in order for like, the gr- the grown ups of the fucking cinema industry, the movie industry, to, to take this medium seriously and actually acknowledge the fact that you can go some different weird places with it. Yeah, did it need to come in this package? Maybe not. Yeah, 
Um, well, the thing is to go to your first point, do we? I mean, I, like, if, if it, like, here's the thing. People keep calling this a bubble. I don't think it's a bubble. I think it's just here. I don't think no. it's going anywhere. Well, well I, I think, think it's a, people call it a bubble because they don't understand the difference between, like, good movies make money. And mm-hmm. they like to call things like, oh, it's this genre. It's like, no, you can. There's so many old movies that can be put in the quote unquote, like, superhero genre. They just yeah. don't. They also, come from comic like, books. Yeah. I, I said it. I screamed into the fucking heavens when Logan came out. Logan is not a superhero movie. Logan is a comic book character who is put into a Western. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's, that's some of the thing here is that part of me is like, yeah, what, what you're saying, Lou is like, it's, it was this really necessary. No, but part of me would like to see people take chances with these properties Mm -hmm. and that, that doesn't necessarily have to be what, the joker is because for all intents and purposes the joker is just the king of comedy just with a light dc slathering on it what's the thing it would be more of a chance to me if it wasn't the joker and it was name another character well it's the easiest character to take a chance on. yeah i agree with that you think warner you think warner brothers is gonna do anything other than a batman character for their first big villain outing like yeah that's that's their money give me me kite man (laughs) (laughs) okay all right crazy quilt here's the thing thing. yes a kite man movie done hyper seriously as this like really sad guy who wishes he was a fucking supervillain is fascinating. Well, no, they did it. Tom King did. Like, yeah, they did like it. A they whole did it. issue. They did it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. and it's a really yeah, good maybe thing. Like, like uh, him. Zodiac or uh, Seven. Yeah. Well, it's no, like, no, it's no, no. It's him. He's divorced and he has no money and he wants to see his kid. And yeah, his like, rise through as like a henchman, and then he decides to make his own persona, and it's the fucking dumbest thing ever because he yeah, has like and like. There's a whole there's a whole like two issue stretch in the the the, the most recent Batman run uh, during the War of Jokes and Riddles, where it's just told from Kite Man's perspective, and like it's like the opening page is him in a bar and Batman walks in, the place clears out, but Kite Man just sits there and just is still sad. He's like, here comes Batman to beat my fucking ass in. <laughs> yeah, and the and whole thing. Is- there, and he sits there and just takes it, and like eventually everyone's like, God, that guy's fucking pathetic. Yeah, because um, the end of the thing is that basically Batman piece of shit out of everybody but Kite Man, and they're like, "Why didn't you? Why'd you leave him for last?" It's like, "Oh, because he's fucking Kite Man." It's like, fucking Kite Man. What am I going to do? Kite- There's no reason to beat him up. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. But then, but, but then at the yeah. end of it, like Batman enlists him to not just help him get to the top. Like Batman doesn't just recruit him. Batman recruits him, and then has Kite Man build suits for himself, Killer Croc, Catwoman, and like. 10 other Batman characters so they can fly across the Gotham City skyline and crash through a fucking window to assault the Riddler and the Joker. I'm like, that's the best ending to this character. Yeah, because I think they said, like, he's, like, some sort of engineer, and he literally just, like, those his stories, he cannot get it. Like, he's overqualified for, like, shitty jobs. Yeah, yeah his, like, the universe... The universe just shits on him constantly, but he, yeah. he doesn't deserve it at all, and so his recourse is, like, I'll just be a supervillain, and, and everyone's, like, yeah, why you're too nice like yeah because <laughs> right. he has no discernible skill except for building yeah like he's not, he's not tough he's not scary he's got none of the qualities to be a super villain but he just is one yeah but like that's Amazing. a way more interesting story 
then but I think you have to pop the lid off a little harder with something because you can't yeah. just go like because here's the thing. If you're DC and after Justice League fails and after Batman vs Superman fails and after Suicide Squad fails, you can't go. We've got the we've got the fucking antidote. It's a Kite Man movie. Oh, you know, maybe they should have because that would have shown like some real chutzpah on their part, like that beginning, <laughs> some balls. Yeah, yeah, it's it would have been kind of like you know what, fuck you. Like that's that's <laughs> kind of what they would have been saying. There's this company, I mean, yeah, but Warner Bros. had no balls. Like, and I I would say even in this instance they don't have any because yeah. Todd Phillips said he spent two years convincing them to let him do this movie. Um, he had to get Martin yeah. Scorsese. To like sign on as a producer to get this made. Yeah, like, he should have um, called. Yeah. He should have called Tom Holland because he got that shit done in like one phone call. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. We should definitely talk about him. You yes, know we should. Oh, but, we're, um, we're we're fucking going to <laughs> which, that, that strapping young man. Which it's also funny to me that uh, that Martin Scorsese was involved in a production role with this. Yeah, given some of his most recent opinions. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's well, kind of where I'm oh, like. Well, he shares but, the opinions of all the old Hollywood people. I was gonna say, like, this story popped up, and I said, "This is eight. This is how many? What is this? The like the the tenth old head in Hollywood who are like, yeah, superhero movies aren't movies. Excuse me, while my next film goes right to Netflix. Well, didn't Spielberg say that? And then he was on like he was like signed on to do a Blackhawks movie for a hot second. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, he I mean he was also saying like superhero movies are like westerns. I'm sorry, I'll let you get to your point in a minute, Arlen. Um he was also saying that superhero films are like westerns. They're going to have their time in the sun and disappear. Yeah. Yeah, which wasn't Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was on. just gonna say, um God, what the fuck was I gonna say? Here's the thing, they all say the same thing, which is that mm-hmm. They aren't stories about people or about. Or he said something about they aren't stories about emotion or something to that effect. They're not human yeah. stories. Well, which he's is, never which watched is, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is bullshit. Yeah, I have to call. I have to call real like heavy BS on that. Like maybe if you're someone who's only seen the Avengers movies, I could I could understand that point of view. But like, I don't know how you watch the first hour of winter soldier and say it's not a human story. how do you how do you watch yeah. the entire yondu arc play out in guardians 2 yeah. and go oh yeah there's no emotion there's no there's no human stories here what the fuck are you talking well, about okay with that there's like a there's a music videoiness to what james gunn is doing that movie i can see getting lost there but there are other marvel movies where they're very specifically like trying to say something to the audience and they're trying to get across a certain thing emotionally. Um, yeah. And like you brought like, you invoke little Winter soldier and like winter soldier is very much leading into like fucking government oversight and like winning wars before they start is bad. Yeah. Um, and the government having too much power and like too much, you know, armaments and all kinds of stuff like that. And how, I mean, it's a simple message, but it's something relatable. How like well, the people who are well, supposed that's to larger, it, that is a larger theme. Fucking second, but the, well, like the opening of that movie is really like it's a it's meant to sort of give you a sense of what Captain America is trying to bring himself to. Like he's mm-hmm. he's trying to make himself as close to the modern soldier as he possibly can. Yeah, because 
that's the best thing he can do. He doesn't have anything else. He doesn't have a family. He doesn't have people that really care about him that are alive that he knows about at the beginning of that movie. So his only family left is the military. And if anybody who knows anybody who is in the military, they consider other soldiers to be their family. They, they see it that way. They see it as that thick of a bond. So for him, that's the only family he has left. So he's trying to make himself as approachable and relatable to those people as he can by, by sitting in on their meetings and listening to their problems. And he does a fairly good job of relating to him. That conversation that he has with Sam about the bed, um, like that's, I don't uh, like, I'm sorry, Marty, you're wrong. You, either, <laughs> you, you saw the wrong movie or somebody did not show well, you the right well, that, I don't, and then, I don't and think and he saw the, any of them. And then with the back no. half of that movie, it's like the one person that he was the closest to who he swore was gone, who he watched die is alive and he has to fight him. Yeah. And another movie I'll throw onto that is Black Panther, where mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. it's a movie built around and you're just like the whole entire once you hear the villain's thing, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah he's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, it's, it's a movie where the lead character, where at the end, T'Challa is like, I have to fix your fucking problem and it, I have to fix your mess. And it was a mess. Yeah. He thanks, has to Dad. tell <laughs> his family. Yeah. You caused this. You're responsible for this. And yeah, now and, I and have it, to it is, try and clean and it up. And it's fucking super relevant because it we, there is a very much... Uh, th- there's a lot of anti-boomer sentiment going on because a lot of younger people looking at the older generation going like, you fucked everything up and you'll accept no responsibility for it. And now yeah. like you're going to die and you're going to leave this disaster with us. And yeah. we're going to be left with all this resentment towards you because you did nothing to fix it. Have what fun, suckers. There's yeah. the, the difference between like the Chala being the wealthy black man compared to his cousin being the like impoverished inner city, like no one did anything, kind of like the stereotypical, like grew up without a father thing, like yeah. and yet he does nothing like that's like, oh, you had everything. Yeah. Where were you people? Yeah. Yeah. Why did you do yeah. nothing? And then when and then when T'Challa finds out like where everyone was, they're like they were just like, oh yeah, we were ignoring the problem. It's fine. It'll go away. Yeah, but it's not even like just like oh, what his dad is it's like. It's like none of the Wakandans ever did anything. Yeah. Any other like and it's it's one thing person. about that is like if you live in Wakanda, of course you'd be intoxicated by your own developmental growth of a con- as a country. Like, look at that fucking place. You're like, why should I give a shit about the rest of the world? Look at this, look how good we're doing. Mm-hmm. This yeah. little slice of Africa. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I, I also I brought up his his quote just because I wanted to be sure. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well as made as they are with the actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional and psychological experiences to another human being. That's false. That's, that's, Fan- if he had said something else, I could Fucking see his Thanos. point. He is, yeah. but the thing is, he's not talking about anything that's made in the last 15 years. He's no. talking yeah. about the Tim Burton Batman movies and stuff like that. Sure. When, yeah. how, like, he's talking how about often... fucking Daredevil for, with Ben Affleck, with that fucking... Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, but like, how often do you think Martin Scorsese or any of these like big name writer directors see movies, and especially see 
quote unquote like popular movies. I think he's I well he's no he watches a movie a day, but I don't think he cares about the mainstream movie movie going on. And here's the thing. Again, if he was talking about cinema in a different context, if he had said something very highfalutin and he had, you know, it's about, you know, images and, you know, storytelling and blah, blah, you know, whatever, all kinds of buzzwords that are bullshit that people use to try and trick people into thinking they're smart um, because people do that a lot. <laughs> if he had said any of that, I could maybe understand what he's getting at. And here's the problem. I don't disagree on the theme park thing. But it's Kino, Arlen, it's Kino. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> These movies, yeah, they are theme park rides. Yeah, to some degree yeah. they are. I love The Conjuring 2 because it is the biggest, dumbest haunted house movie <laughs> ever. It is literally, it's a haunted house made into a film, and it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. That movie it's is designed terrifying. to... That movie is designed to... It's not... Like the first movie filled me with some kind of existential dread because yes. of some personal beliefs, but like the second one is like, now nah, fuck that shit. I'm going to physically, physically, physically scare the shit out of you. Yes. <laughs> like yes. when the fuck I I almost fell out of my fucking chair in The Conjuring Two when the nun grabs the painting and runs at Vera Farminga, okay? I was not prepared for that. I was angry at the screen for a couple seconds because I was like, don't you fucking do that to me. Yeah. Like, when she's on the fucking ceiling and she's seeing this old man, like, go into the fucking room and the crosses and the fucking... Oh, God. And then there's so much, so much in that movie that's just, like, unnerving as fuck. And I can't. Like I can't watch it in one sitting. I have to like pause it occasionally and get up. Something else about and this go to other me. things. Something else about this this quote and like other quotes like this that bother me is like I don't care how many fucking legendary films that you have made or how many, you know, Oscars or or awards or or, or any kind of credentials you've gotten from the industry. No one on this earth has any right to tell anyone else what is or is not quote unquote Film, cinema, movie, art, whatever the fuck. The art the art form is completely subjective. Don't sit here and give me with that shit. I'd like to talk to you about a director named Uwe Boll. I would like to talk to you about a movie called Jack and Jill. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Here's the thing. So this is and this is a problem that is just it's happening in culture in general right now. Is um film is a language. Mm -hmm. Um and like every language it is always constantly evolving. Um, you know, there's a there's a video series from this linguist who breaks down accents. Um, it's, a, I, it's probably very popular. I think most people probably at least heard of it. It's from Wired, and where he goes in all these things. And he was doing this video recently where he was just talking about where accents come from and how the English language has evolved over time. Um, and he said this thing that I thought was really poignant. Uh, no given period of time's version of English is worse than another period of time's version of English. Mm. It's just different. It's just not the same as it was then. It is a evolution of something that came before. But it is not inherently more valuable than that other version. It may be more more valuable in the modern era to the people who are using it 
to be able to communicate the same way, but it is not, you know, intrinsically better necessarily. And that's how language is. So if we take that definition and we apply it to cinema, it means cinema is always changing. So what cinema was when New Hollywood came into the scene, uh, it's different from what cinema is now. Cinema has, I would say, a wider definition. What is cinema is changing when Game of Thrones, as, as much of as as that became, <laughs> it it redefined things. It changed the lines between cinema and television. And those lines are getting blurrier and blurrier to the oh, point yeah. where I would yeah, say I the best horror movie of last year is uh, The Haunting of the House. Um, yes. and yeah, I was going to say that net, like Netflix and streaming services changed that game as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because like what, like as much as I love movies, there are many stories I'd rather have play out over what would have been considered yeah. a miniseries, which is now mm-hmm. what Netflix and Amazon and Hulu do. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I found like when Steven Spielberg was like, no, that's a TV movie. It doesn't matter. The yeah, word TV. Yeah, yeah, here's the TV thing. Like, what's like now, especially when I heard the budgets for some of these Disney Plus shows are gonna be like $150 million a piece. It's like, yeah. dude, what's the what's the fucking difference now? Yeah. Oh, what about when Amazon it's not gonna matter? Twin Amazon Peaks, puts out their Lord of the Rings. Wait, yeah, what is that? T- Twin Peaks is an 18-hour film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in Spielberg's defense, I think when he said TV movie, he was definitely talking about like the 80s and 90s TV movies. Well, which he's not were... the only one. Well, no, like, he's he's specifically re- he has been one of the people who's been vocal against allowing stuff that debuts on Netflix to be considered for any kind of a Oh yeah, that's or... that's garbage. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of stuff on Netflix that should never ever be watched by the Academy and it should yeah, like, be earned. Like but, Tall Girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Hunter Davenport story. Uh, oh my god. I, I have watched Cosmonauts video on that movie like five times because I'm having trouble accepting the fact that, that movies are real. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, it is it is definitely old man yelling at clouds a lot recently. And I think well, it's because there's such seismic changes happening within the world of cinema. Well, it's weird that David Lynch seems to be the most sane. <laughs> well, I think if you're, insane, if you're insane long enough, then the rest of the world catches up. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think one of the best, one of the best like instances of David Lynch being just like, just the most David Lynchian he can be is his, his conversation of it being asked to direct return of the Jedi where he just, he says, like, and then he starts showing me this stuff called a Wookiee, and then I just start getting this really bad headache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Didn't Cameron talk shit about comic book movies? A guy he who did. was going to direct one? And well, he did, and then as soon as Endgame surpassed uh, uh, Avatar, Avatar, he was like, oh, congratulations, and you guys are great. He also, blah, 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 he also blah, blah, fucking blah. opened his mouth about Wonder Woman and shit about that where he was i can't remember what he said but it was more it was something along the lines of it like wasn't um, feminist in the right way to him or whatever something uh, yes I, because uh, someone with testicles has the right to talk about someone that. who cheated on his wife has the right to talk about what is feminist yeah. wives wives yeah. i'm sorry wives <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone, like, that's someone not a who bad made, it, someone who made a career out of making kate winslet's life a living hell by physically demeaning her for an entire year has no right to tell anyone what is or isn't feminist you fucking mm-hmm. pig yeah 
Yeah. I hate James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's that's segue with a meme that I'm about to put into the thing real quick. Um, ah, yes, oh. a visual format for an audio show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fine, I'll save myself. <laughs> um, it's a picture of Tom Holland holding the fucking Finney Gauntlet, and they yeah, just slash his head over Thanos's head. There's no, um, there's no stones. We we should we should get back to Joker at some point because we didn't talk about it too much. But let's let's get into this because this is too much not to go into right away. Um, so Jimmy Kimmel confirmed this, did he not? I think so. Uh, yeah. No, Iger confirmed it. Oh, Iger yeah. did. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes, that's who confirmed yeah. it. Oh my yeah. god! Doing, okay, he that... has a book coming out, so he's been pumping it. That yeah, he's been okay, he's been that... uh, spilling a lot of tea recently. Yeah, well, he's, reti- he's retired in a year, so he don't give no fucks. Yep. So uh, Tom Con- Tom Holland at D twenty three, I guess, was really upset with the state of the Sony Spider Man deal with Disney, and was like running around going, "Hey, do you have Bob's number?" <laughs> People are like, "Hey, child spider, we can't give you that." Yeah, we're like, "You're we we're like, oh, you're adorable." But no. <laughs> but then like yeah. he talked no, like they didn't did say who off? so what basically happened is he's selling this to everybody at d23 and someone eventually who has Iger's number calls Iger and is like yeah tom holland's like asking for your number and Iger's like give it to him and let him call me and, then, <laughs> and they're like, okay and he calls him and they have a conversation and basically holland is like yeah, this is really upsetting. I don't really like this. There's a ton of fan backlash. This is ridiculous. We need to fix this. Like something has to happen. I don't want to leave the MCU. And I was like, wow, like this is so much passion I've ever had before. And then like they get off the phone and he immediately calls the CEO of Sony and is like, all right, we need to fix it. Yeah, uh, it's it, there. Here's the thing. It, in like two weeks, we went from discussing how like who gives a shit about the fucking whims of two mega corporations who are throwing billions of dollars dollars at each other, and then this twenty two year old British kid is like, "Hey, I'm really sad," and they're just like, "All right, we gotta figure it out." Like, <laughs> as it should be. Yeah. Well, uh, so you were right. Iger was on Kimmel when he talked about it. Okay, I th- I heard his name get brought up during this. Um. And I guess I that's know, I, how the renegotiating started. Yeah. yeah. And what is it? Like it's 75-25 now or something yeah. along those lines? Yeah. Which, okay. Which leads to the part of the story that kind of pissed me off the most. Um, so they were they negotiated about this stuff for months. Mm-hmm. And basically Disney came at them with 50%. And then Sony said nothing. So they came at them with 25%. And then Sony said nothing for months, six, months, six and months. months and months. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, they said nothing. They didn't react at all to twenty five. Okay, they and weren't we, even. We all like, know yeah. what Sony was doing there. Then, yeah, they were putting their heels down, and they were just like, no, <laughs> until the I, movie came out, and they announced I've... that they were separating i still maintain that they were waiting to see how spider-man was going to do because if it was if it was projected to do poorly then they would have come back to the negotiating table right away but it was projecting to do a lot of money because it's a follow-up to endgame and people like tom holland even though some people in some comic groups call him a cuck but anyways (laughs) that doesn't even make any sense no. Yeah. I feel like I've said this a million times. I don't understand. I don't like. 
I don't understand ever leaving this deal in the first place. And yeah. I don't understand leaving money on the table. <laughs> and Eric, you, you, you said this, and you're right to say this. There are things that may not have been announced yet. But yeah. still, yeah. if they say 25%, why don't you say, let's do 20%, and we want two other characters who are established in the MCU in every Spider-Man movie going forward. And or that's we want Venom. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We want somebody from Spider-Man's revoir to be in in the MCU now. Yeah. Like, and now, there's... and I think because since like there have been rumors for a minute that uh, Disney is planning on fast tracking Daredevil's return uh, mm -hmm. in an MCU movie, and everyone's like, "Oh, fucking Spider-Man!" Yeah. Oh, it's a God. perfect place to do it. Yeah. Uh... Like, yeah. Especially yeah. if he can be like a mentor-ish character. Well, yeah. There's well, also been there's do... also been rumors on rumors on rumors that Deadpool's gonna show up in a fucking Spider-Man movie. I think I mean, that would make killed. sense. I think that got killed though. Because well, has only so I... signed on to do like one more thing. Wait, who? Ryan Reynolds is only signed on to do like one more movie. Yeah, I mean for the time being. Yeah. We don't know yeah. also what because I think like it was said like when the Fox acquisition happened, like I think it was Bob Iger or something said like, oh yeah, Deadpool will continue to be a part of this going forward. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, of contracts going forward, that was something I'd seen in all the articles about Sony and, and Marvel finally playing fair with each other um, was that this is only for one more Spider-Man MCU movie. And, and one crossover. That's it. I, yeah. That's I heard, it. I heard two. Yeah. Yeah, it's two movies, one solo, one crossover. It's basically a continuation of the deal as mm -hmm. opposed to a it's not a new deal. Okay, so they'll kind of read, they'll come back to look at it again yeah. later on and probably yeah. do all this bullshit again. All right. I mean, yeah, um, probably. Unless yeah. Paramount buys out Sony somehow. <laughs> Which would be a weird way for it to go considering this is that the MCU technically started at Paramount. Yeah, yeah. Paramount still yeah. owns the solo rights to Hulk. Yeah. Now, no, Universal does. No. Universal, yeah. I thought, no, Universal I, has Namor. I thought, no, you know, it, it, this, this actually came right from Mark Ruffalo not that long ago. He was on yeah. the red carpet doing an interview and he fucking, he rolled a steamroller over Universal. Um, He said, he flat said, he's like, there will never be a solo Hulk movie. He said, because for some reason, Universal Studios doesn't want to play nice with Marvel and Disney. And he's like, and I don't understand it. I think it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, because they have Namor. Okay, so they have Namor and Hulk. I thought Paramount yeah, had is. somebody else. No, I guess they Paramount don't have had, um, They had they the have. Avengers, actually, because that's why there was a whole bunch of kerfuffle about when Avengers came out, that there's a Paramount logo in the beginning. And they shared the profits on that, if I remember correctly. Was that because of yeah. Iron Man, though, or the Avengers? Yes, Iron Man. Iron okay. Man. Okay. They had, a, they had, a, yeah, they had a distribution deal with Paramount for mm -hmm. X number of movies, um, and Disney had to buy them out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At some point. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, because I think the Disney buyout is basically what turned into Marvel Studios. Well, so Marvel Studios was established already, but Disney bought Marvel. But I'm talking, I'm just talking about the deal. Like basically, yeah. it, it was like a move-in deal or something. You know, like a it yeah. was like a lease. Basically, mm. it's like somebody bought your lease out, out from under you. Um, 
Yeah, which is kind of shady, but that's how big well, businesses do. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how like a lot of like they just bought out their contract. That's all it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like Hollywood in general, if they look at something, they go, "Well, I'll buy that." It seems like there's no, you can't say no. Yeah, I actually just heard a story about. Uh, this is gonna be a weird, quick transition, but um, Troy Duffy and the Boondock Saints. Um, apparently. Troy Duffy got this movie made because he he offered to sell the bar to the studio that he yeah. worked at but didn't own. And somehow yeah. the studio ended up buying the bar anyway. What? But why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, Let me, I don't care I think about it's Duck Saints. They, so, they, uh... couldn't, they, they couldn't find a director, so Troy Duffy offered to direct... And he was like, you have to let me direct. I can throw in this bar, too. And they were like, sold. And it wasn't even his bar. It's really bizarre. Ooh. Yeah, that is a movie that I have no intentions of revisiting. And I've never seen the sequel. Mm. You know, OK. Back I don't think I've Joker. seen it since high school. Back to Joker. Like, you want to <laughs> you want you want to rag on something for being lull to edgy for me. It's the fucking Boondock Saints. Like. That movie is saying nothing to anyone and is just hyperbolic and insane for no fucking reason. Whereas everything I'm hearing about Joker sounds like there is reason to it. You just may not like the reason. Boondock Saints is a movie that high school sophomores love. Yeah. 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 That's I can I can attest to that because I loved it in four, when I was 15 years old. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a movie made for 15 year old boys because they're edgy and tough. And that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, that's Thankfully, right. Yeah, I was seventy-two yeah. when that movie came out, so I was too bitter at that <laughs> wow, point. What are you so. now? One hundred and nine? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not, at least I'm a hunter who would just be way more mean about it, and then we're both like, "Shut up, you long ass bitch!" And then he passes out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like Boondock Saints, like I watched ten minutes of it. I'm like, "Oh, okay." So you guys really like Quentin Tarantino? Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was at I was at a person's house late at night and uh we started the movie and like ten minutes in I was I called somebody to come pick me up <laughs> so that I wouldn't have to finish the movie. Wait, how long ago was this? Like what at what how Oh this was you? years ago. Uh, I was gonna say how old were you where you had to call a ride? I I needed a ride. I didn't have a ride. He was, he was eight, car. and he wasn't actually supposed to be there. It was somebody he didn't know who promised. You needed him to go. Yeah, it was like a parents were really thing. sick, and yeah. right. Yeah, we uh, we watched uh, Zardos. <laughs> oh, oh, my oh, oh my god! Oh my god! What? Zardos. Did everybody, did everybody just pick a corner in the room and not look at each other and make eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you need to do to watch Zardoz <laughs> and to get to the ending where they reveal <laughs> what Zardoz's name means, which is the best reveal ever, which is why I won't reveal it on this show, because you need to experience it for yourself. I, the, the GRS... You need, to ex- you need to experience it not through Rick and Morty. You need to actually watch oh, the fucking movie. Watch yeah. it and listen to the two episodes of How Did This Get Made? Yes. That they did so, and then go watch the Rick and Morty episode. Oh, God. I am Zardos. 
you are, you're about to hear my life story. My favorite part of the How Did This Get Made is when they play the commentary from Gorman. Oh, and no. he's just like, oh, oh, he's like, oh, and this. It's like, there are maybe too many ideas in this film. You could just fast forward <laughs> through this part. <laughs> I, I love the. That's I love amazing. that Borman went from that to making like the most badass King Arthur movie possibly ever made. Yes, it's just like, oh, yes. I uh, love Excalibur. Well, he was so good. good. I only just discovered Excalibur like, like uh, properly as an adult like four months ago, and still haven't sat down to watch it yet. You. Dude, oh it wasn't. God. It was something that was just. Here's the thing. I thought it was a different movie that. Right. Up. Yes. Yes. We've discussed this. Yeah. Find out yeah. had Sean Connery in it. Oh, and like yeah. the photo was the green where he's where he's old. Where no, it, it was this. No, it was this weird fucking movie whose name I already forget. Where Gawain the Green Knight is it? Where he gets his <laughs> yeah. head cut off? Yeah, and he's that's like, what it was. He's yeah. like, like Barter, yeah. come to me. And then like this yeah. weird after he gets his head cut off by this very effeminate looking blonde man. Um, and he's I'm, like, she boy, you can't kill me here. Come back later. And then he just fucking leaves. That, I'm, I'm sorry, in, but I'm, that in a, can't I'm be... in a time flux because we had this exact same conversation. Yes. Before. Yeah, I'm aware yeah. of this. I've been yeah. dropped on my head, okay? That um, can't be worse I than mean... the other, excuse the other uh, uh, one he did, which was, uh, oh, was it first, not first night? What was the one he did? With no, first Patrick night was. Gear? No, he was in first yeah. night, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Is that was... first night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, with, uh, yeah. Gear, with Gear, yeah. Gear yeah. and. I don't remember. Richard Gere made a lot of he made a lot of bad choices. It's it's a rom com version of like Excalibur where Lancelot's the good guy even though he still bangs Guinevere. Funny thing (laughs) about that movie is I've never seen it, but um, it's horrible. Richard Gere apparently they couldn't train him well enough to do sword fighting for any scenes, (laughs) so his sword was put in digitally. You can, oh my god! You can no. see, it. you can it's, see it on the back of the box. I remember this on the VHS because oh, my friend had it. Of, you the opposite see, of Highlander. You see him just holding a sword hilt. Yes, because Highlander <laughs> they tried to use real swords and almost killed Christopher Lambert. Hold on, wait. Well, I'm sorry. What is this movie called? Richard Gear. First night. So uh, Sean Connery plays King Arthur. Richard Gere is Lancelot. I think Julia Roberts is Guinevere. Probably. It sounds and right. It's, a, it's kind of a rom-com. It's not a rom-com because it's not comedic, but it's like a romanticized version of Lancelot and Guinevere. And it's really bad. And Arthur is like a hundred years. Like it's old Sean Connery from the 90s. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's I'm trying to find a picture of this digital sword yeah. and I can't find anything. Yes. Hmm. Compared to oh, the well. awesomeness of Excalibur, where it's Helen Mirren and all of her greatest glory. Dude, I, yeah. I I was watching, I can't remember what it was like some random video essay on it. And I just got like I was like, oh okay, whatever, and just sat through it and I was like, wow, this looks like it was made very exclusively for me because it has all these like weird like fucking dark ass fantasy aesthetics on well, top of this king arthur story and like it's all random. it's all practical and dirty and gross and yeah. bloody looking yeah. like they, they it has it, random amazing yeah. actors in it yeah it does yeah. they, they take it, is in it is it patrick stewart in it yes yeah, he, is. he yes. is there's a lot of people there's a lot of people who were big much yeah, later Ga- on gabriel like, Byrne is in it and like it's got a bunch of like young starlets who are just like just smoking hot in that fucking movie <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm trying to. Crazy. Um, oh my god, Liam Neeson plays like a major role in the film, like he, like a character in the Arthurian because it's it's yeah he does specific. he's like Gawain or something I think yeah because he's, he's like, the one that challenges that Guinevere's unfaithful that is him and yeah it is a because it, it's supposed to be it is La Morte de Arthur like that's the specific story they're doing but then they get into the whole weirdness mm-hmm. with Morgan Le Fay which is who Helen Mirren plays and oh, what's the kid's name they're like uh, incestual son Mordred the, Mordred. the, the bastard mm-hmm. son of Arthur the um, bastard incestual son <laughs> Yes. Yeah, who's 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 got this badass golden armor and he's ah, it's so cool. He looks that, like yeah, that was one of the things that struck me immediately when just looking at that movie. I was like, everyone is in giant, bulky suits of fucking armor, and all the action sequences look just like super messy and hardcore and nasty. And I loved every second of it. Um, <clears throat> and it just looks so, like I said, dirty and gritty and really grounded, but somehow really fucking wacky. Yeah. Um, it's 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 obviously like a fantasy world, but it feels oh. it feels right for the time that Arthur's supposed to take place in. Yeah. Um, without yeah, trying like, to be too realistic to the time yeah. that it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so just, Gabriel Byrne plays Arthur's father, uh-huh. and Liam oh, Neeson right. is, Ga- is Gawain, and Patrick Stewart is Leo DeGrasse. He's not. Tyson. I'm trying to make. No, it's Leon DeGrasse. It's like one word that's super long. Hmm. Corn Redgrave is in it. I'm trying to look this yeah. other. Real quick, back to first night. During the final sword fight, both Lancelot and Malagan's blades were replaced with CGI to ensure safety and allow the actors to swing them faster. When the film arrived oh on VHS on video, the full frame pan scan version of the film showed frames of the film that would be normally cut off by the letterbox aspect ratio. The frames revealed Lancelot standing with just the hilt of the sword. <laughs> 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 which to go back sorry. like that's embarrassing sorry to ruin your momentum anyways yeah. no i was just to say like to go back to like the zardoz like born made or borman made zardoz because he wanted to make lord of the rings and they said no that's crazy <laughs> i think a I, lot of I, a lot of stuff went into that i love yeah. what directors do when they're told no because that's how we got uh fucking dark man because Sam Raimi is like, yeah. do Batman. They're like, no. He's like, all right, I'm gonna out crazy you then. Like, well, <laughs> Batman and then the Shadow. He was. Oh he's God. Like, well, fuck you. I'm just gonna take these two great tastes and put them together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my own. Fuck, go eat shit. Um, <laughs> we're gonna make a homeless mummy movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that Arlen's gonna ruin the recording of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me the pink oh. elephant. Give me the pink elephant. He has like Norman has the weirdest eye because he goes like Deliverance, yeah. Zardoz, Exorcist to the Heretic. Oh no! Ex- oh ex- wait, no. no. He did. He's Exorcist too. Yes, I did he not directed know that. It. And oh, he did Excalibur movie. four years later. Well, okay, God, so really, Excalibur or not Excalibur two? Exorcist two is that old? Exorcist two is seventy seven. Oh my God, I didn't realize that. Here, so here's the thing: I've never seen Exorcist two because it's its reputation precedes it. Yeah, um, just, just get a just get a recording of the actress who played Reagan saying, 
screaming something and then stare at a swarm of locusts. There you go. That's just too far. Isn't that the, yeah, isn't you know, that the I, I saw that on Sci-Fi Channel. Um, wait, what was that? I, didn't she, like, break her back in Exorcist 2 in a stunt? I remember I there being so. an injury from that movie, but I can't remember what it was. I thought it was the first one that there was actually a very severe injury. One? I know she got hurt in one of them. Oh, it was the hmm. first one. Because the, yeah. the, whatever whatever device they had rigged to the bed to make her flop up and down, mm-hmm. like really fucked her up. That and also the mom in Exodus One hurt herself when she got pulled. Um, in the one scene where the uh, the the bureau moves, and she got pulled back by uh, by a pulley of some sort, and that ended up hurting her back pretty bad. Oh my god! Can I? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at that trivia. Can I just read like the sixth thing in here? for exorcist 2 yes please 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 martin scorsese was one of the few people who liked this film oh the my god asked... <laughs> <laughs> oh marty <laughs> of all the things to tie back to something in this conversation i didn't think the the exorcist 2 was gonna be it <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was literally it's the it's it's the uh the trivia right after on the night of the premiere the movie was literally laughed off the screen. Oh my oh. god. Yeah, I, I had to ask this question not to go down a different like but it, I don't think it's ever been brought up but how many of us have us have seen both The Exorcist the Beginning and Dominion a prequel to The Exorcist? I've which I have actually been... sat through all of either of them. Which one is in Africa? They're both in Africa. They, they're both they essentially both, they're the, the same, same film. movie, right? Yeah. They're both okay. So both? one was one was made by Rennie Harlan, and the other was made by oh fuck, who the fuck was it? Well, I'm looking. I have them both up. The 2005 is Paul Schrader. Yes, I was gonna say it was and Schrader. It, yeah, and the 2000. Oh my god, they're back to back years. Yes. Be, okay. Mm-hmm. So Paul oh, Schrader, I saw the Rennie Harlan one because that's Paul, the one that that's, stars. That is that's the movie Skarsgård. that. Scarsgard's in both movies. Um, yeah. Here's what happened. Wait, what? Here's what happened. Paul Schrader comes on to make a prequel to The Exorcist. That movie is apparently so fucking bad that they fired him and called in Rennie Hara and they said, do it over. The whole thing. Do the whole movie over. And now, and then they're like, well, we got two movies. So they just released them both. Yep. I don't know yeah. which one I've seen then. Well, and one is directed by John Frankenheimer, or was going to, I guess. Which that's that's a bad look for John there. Um, well, I thought I had read there was also, and it might just be a fan edit that they edited both of the films together in a way that actually made them better somehow. They yeah, because they're their both, forces. Yeah, yeah because like a lot of that. there's a lot of overshadowing, I think, and overlapping in uh, certain sequences and like I think certain the way things were filmed. Um, I think because I've only seen all of one, uh, I've only seen the, the, the beginnings a few times and I've only seen bits and pieces of uh, Dominion. And like there are a couple like set pieces you go like, oh, that's that was shot in the same place just some time later. <laughs> I just I never felt a need to watch either version of them because they kind of perfected the movie with with or the exorcist with part three. Like, yeah. you yeah. just need part one oh, okay. and part three. So. That yeah, like I, I don't know, story. like yeah, yeah and the, it's just lots of like Stellan Skarsgård like in a fucking tomb they dug up, and he's okay. like, oh no, hyenas are bad. Yeah, after yeah. reading the storylines, I saw 
the Paul Schrader one, Dominion. Wow. And I yeah. think I saw it in the theater. Where? I just, I just, Somewhere I just don't know why we ever needed to learn about Father Marin. Like, because I don't think he only needed reason, it. The only distinction I see in the things that makes me think this is what I saw is that that one specifically says stuff about World War II, which I remember seeing in the version I saw. It's that is that is minimalized in the uh, Rennie Harlan version. I think he just shows up in Africa and they just allude to World War II. Yeah, I definitely right. saw scenes of him as a priest and like a Nazi's like, are you going to do something? And he's like, well, I'm not intervening. And the Nazis just start shooting children. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. No, Arlen, <laughs> you're right, though. Like, I don't I don't think there was a demand to find out about his character. Yeah. Like, Why? Well, I think it was the same problem as the uh, the the young Hannibal movie. Oh god! Which uh, I've never, which I forget I've never, that exists. I've never fucking so, seen. Here's the thing: the Young Hannibal movie. Um, I don't know if that movie needed to be made. Connor, you still haven't seen season three, have you? I haven't, because I'm afraid okay. of that. Um, the thing is, it's like it is very much like the Twin Peaks situation. Where it's like I don't want that kind of. I don't want the closure. I don't want it to end. No, here's the thing, though: you could watch the first half and just stop there and still have episodes waiting for you. Um, okay. <laughs> first half of season three, they go heavily into stuff from Hannibal Rising. They, you meet his sort of half sister, and they sort of explore a lot of the stuff from Hannibal Rising, and it's very interesting and very compelling. Um, well, was and they, Hannibal they sort Rising of, a book before it turned into I, that movie? Or I think was it was a simultaneous thing where they were happening yeah. sort of around the same time. Um, I think I'm not. Because he only wrote that. like three or four books, right? Uh, I believe so. I mean, I feel like if there were more books, they would have made movies of them, even if Panel Rising yeah. wasn't as I know it's like Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs. And I don't, I think there was like only one or two other ones. I mean, yeah, Hannibal also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it was yeah, it's an Hannibal. adaptation of Tom Terrace's 2006 novel, the same name. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they were yeah, very wrote, close. Yeah. Like, he wrote, he they had notes on each other. He yeah. wrote Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and Hannibal Rising. Well, I mean, did we need the story of young Alfred as he's hanging around? I mean, <laughs> is it, I literally I, I forgot again. Like, <laughs> I forgot like, again that that's a TV show. Like, uh, we don't need... Um, previous to Once Upon a Time, or not, what is it? Previous to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, we don't need anything further about the Clint Eastwood character from that movie, because that movie is a prequel. We don't need to go back any further for that character. That's not what the character is about. Knowing who he is tells you nothing about who, about the character uh, that the movies don't tell you. Um, He's the man with no name. That's all you need. Yeah, that's all. That's all you need. Like, I was yeah. mad actually watching a few dollars more recently or something where they like put his name in the subtitles. Um, and I was like, Whoa. why would you do that? It doesn't why matter. Would you... those, those are reinterpretations of Akira Kurosawa films. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is yeah, what it's... like all those spaghetti westerns were. But ha- like... how is there any, is there any movie series that gets better? the more backwards in the timeline they go. Like, they're just... Like, they're would, just basically would, like... Like, every sequel is just going to happen before the previous film. Oh. um, Oh, I don't know if that has happened. Insidious like is the one I can think of. 
like where hmm. like Insidious is two movies that take place back to back, and then the next two movies are uh, basically moving backwards in the timeline. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, I, I there's something in like the back of my head right now, but I can't think of of what it is. The only thing I can think of, like Fast and Furious, almost counts because I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't like, count it. That's like, like the re- good, well, the thing around. is, well, yeah, the reboot is a surprise prequel that they didn't tell anybody about, yeah. and then they well, spend the next supposed to be. That's the yeah. whole thing. And they spend the next three movies still being prequels to part three, um, even though technology, like cell phones and stuff, are still way more advanced yeah. than they should be. But that's not like a plan. Like those other movies are them trying to fix a continuity issue. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Like there are people who there are people who like love Temple of Doom. Like they think it's the best movie ever. Um, which yeah. Uh, I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just go ahead. No, that's really all I had to say. Like, like there's something you had to get off your chest, there, Eric. Yeah. I just I. Anybody who goes into the fucking Indiana Jones films caring about the continuity or like, well, this one technically took place before that one can go fuck themselves. Like, I mean, those movies are just supposed to be enjoyed as is. They're they're serials. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what they are. Well, sure. Here's uh, like I looked up like prequels. Like, what what do you count? Like, do we count some of the newer Planet of the Apes or is it because it's a complete new series? Yeah, I don't think that would count. They're technically, it's, it's a, a new series. It's a reboot, and they, yeah, like it could. Like, they they have said before that like they could do a movie where their version of um, becomes the other one. Yeah, where the human character shows up, and they do a version of the original Planet of the Apes, but it would be very different um, because very of what they've already established. Does X Men First Class count? Um, well, if you go off of the original intention, where that was meant to be a complete reboot, where they just cut ties with the original movies, maybe, but not in the current version, or, like, First Class would be the best one there, I would have to say. Yeah. Well, the only one that I'm looking through that I'm like, I kind of can see is, which is going back to what the Hannibal stuff is. I actually really like Red Dragon. Um, I like Manhunter better. Yeah, well, Manhunter is a better film. I know. Film. Well, they're different yeah. series. Like Manhunter is like the same story, but it's not in the same canon. Well, it it, it wasn't always meant to be that way. It's they basically the, it's technically the first Hannibal Lecter movie, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, with the guy from CSI. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, and the fucking police and, chief from Super Troopers. It, and, it yeah, was Brian intended Cox as a playing sequel. Animal. Yeah, like it was. They talked about it as a sequel at the time. It just, I think that there was a decision made. Like, well, most people don't know Manhunter except for like weird Hardcore. film nerds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we can like make a quick buck by hiring Brett Ratner. To- <laughs> To Ugh. to make this movie uh, over again. To eat shrimp with no pants on. Uh, fucking mm-hmm. what? Oh, that was that was one of the stories that I think uh, Olivia Munn 
was it? Or is, who is it? Which Olivia played Psylocke? Olivia Munn, yeah. Okay, yeah, Olivia Munn. She talked Mon. about Brett Ratner. Yeah. yeah, she talked about him like either walking around with no pants or just naked eating shrimp in his in his uh, trailer, among yeah. other things that he was a terrible uh... creep about. Yeah, yeah. Just warm shrimp, no clothes on, just... Yeah, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking deranged? I, you you did watch X Men Last Stand, right? You do you do know he was the director? Yeah, but of that, like, right? yeah, but like, I don't I don't get the like, I get that he's incompetent from that movie. I don't get that he's just fucking pants crapping nuts. Like, well, I don't think he's nuts. He's just a, a creepy weirdo. He's the one that like outed what's her name right on set. Yeah. Yeah, you you were actually the one who told us that story. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, shit. Um, yeah, he was saying something page. That. Yeah. yeah, he was like, yeah, he was like, because you're gay, right? And she's like, thanks, fuckface. Like, yeah, he's yeah. the one that made Brian Singer look okay for a second there. Um. So yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. So, yeah. Notice. Notice. We haven't heard anything about him. I wonder how deep the. Uh, well, it's because he's in a, he's he's dead in a well somewhere. I think. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 Wait, which one, Ratner or Singer? Singer. Uh, singer. Yeah. The last I heard from Ratner was that. Um, the last I heard from Ratner was that uh, Gal Gadot got his production company booted off the Wonder Woman sequel. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Well, all future DC movies, basically. That's, yeah, which yeah. is hysterical to me because I just love like I love like actors and like it got, it ties back to the Tom Holland thing. Actors taking agency over shit they love um yeah. and getting yeah. rid of toxic elements is fantastic. Like uh But they can only do it when they have like a Tom Holland or Gal Gadot where they're yeah. like they're the mega face of a franchise. Yeah. I yeah. also mm-hmm. love that Christopher Nolan is the first director ever uh outside like to to look at John John Peters and go, he's not allowed on set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, the, get that man away from this movie, or or my fuck, or Christian Bale be fighting a giant mechanical spider by the end. Of the <laughs> okay. Cut to um, Man of Steel. You actually um, now just reminded me to another story, which I think I would I would like to talk about, which is only because it's the man who talked about that, which is Kevin Smith is going to do Clerks three. We'll see. <laughs> well, it's all been like the whole which everyone's kind of known is that Ed Jeff Anderson was the one holding it all back. Yeah. So it seems like he's on board. Well, it wasn't just so that's the thing that people are kind of conveniently forgetting. He did go to Weinstein at one point and be like, Do you do you want to fund this? And I do remember it being like, Yeah, no. What, well, they why own would the, we do that? I think Weinstein owns the rights to one, but not like to the characters. They don't. They, yes, they don't own the rights to the characters, but they so basically like, they don't own two. He owns two. Yes, he owns two. Because yeah, um, I think Anderson's and what big. a bounty that is. Yes, but I mean, like, wow, the, <laughs> I like made, Clark's two a lot. Yeah, yeah Clark's two is money. Clark's two is good. Yeah, eh. I, I, I mean, I'm the person who's like. Kevin Smith's a better podcaster than he is a filmmaker, and even I'm like, yeah, Clerks Two's fine. I think it's Clerks Two is is way better yeah. than the first movie. Well, uh... Clerks, Clerks the first one is <laughs> Clerks the first one is twenty year olds like talking about life that how they would as twenty year olds. Clerks Two is thirty year olds doing that. I'm like Randall fucking slays me 
Clerks too. And I think he's the reason yeah. I love that movie so much because he's such a goddamn riot the whole time. I just yeah. I don't know. Like I I enjoyed Kevin Smith for Clerks, Morats, Chasing Amy, Dogma to an extent. Oh and, really? I love Dogma. And uh, maybe yeah. and maybe I'm confusing Dogma with Jane Simon Bob Strike Back. I think but, you might be. But there yeah. there's just a point where I was like cool cool oh no and then the bottom dropped out and i was just see, like see oh, no. see here's the thing here's the thing I, when i when i finished tusk for the first <laughs> for the first time i was like oh you actually this, watched it this is oh i watched it <laughs> twice because like i couldn't the first time i sat there with my mouth open the whole time just like kind of just like there was drool like just draw fun because i was just dumbfounded by what i was seeing the second time i was like I don't, this isn't good, but I appreciate the fact that someone like Kevin Smith was like, yeah, let's just do the fucking weirdest thing we can think of and just go all the way home with it. Um, (laughs) That movie's trash. It's trash. And it's, it's like deplorable, shocking trash. Um, But it's, it's kind of like this weird little, like it's, it's this wonderful train wreck that I kind of (laughs) love. But Kevin Smith did, what was it? Red State? Wasn't yeah, it? before that, I heard I heard yeah. Red State's fucking fantastic. Red State great. is Red State's pretty good, yeah. But I, he's I really like, enjoyed it. He like if he had stopped State. there, he would be he would be on like top ten lists. Like, well, yeah. thing is, like he's talked about like his mentality at the different times. Like he made Red State after like the Southwest stuff that Too Fat to Fly, where he was really angry. Yeah, and yeah. like that was the same time during when there was the protest at Comic Con. So like that's it's like dogma, but with like really biting at Christianity, mm-hmm. and like that's like he was very angry when he wrote that film. But it it also shows like he can step out of what's always been his comfort zone because he's yeah. he's been a director that has a a very predictable like cadence well, he's, to his work. I, I do get when he has when he's commented and gotten shit for being like, he was kind of Apatow before Apatow. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of get that. And I do think I like, I like Zack and Mary. Like, I think it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I think cop out could have been a good movie with the other, with somebody else as the star. Yeah, I think and... cop out was, I think Bruce Willis has as much to do with cop out as anybody else did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel yeah, like I another mean... person with Tracy Morgan would have made that movie much better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Clerks three, like I'll wait to hear what people I trust say about it because I, uh, I'm, not, I'm ex- I, I, go ahead, go ahead. I was to say like I'm excited for Jane Silent Bob redo, like Redux or whatever they're calling it, mm-hmm. with Melissa Benoist and Val Kilmer doing BVS like a goof on BVS. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I'm sure there's gonna be funny stuff in it. I just, eh, eh, I've said it before. Yeah. Like he did. Hundreds of hours of like, I'm sorry, some of the best podcasting I've ever heard. Like, no joke, stuff that's better than anything else other people even were trying to do, just in terms of like the quality and honestly, the storytelling and Mm -hmm. some of the jokes. Like, just genuinely, some of the funniest stuff that I've ever heard. Um, and like, just amount the amount of humor and like joy per hour i'm gonna versus th- his entire I'm, film career i'm gonna throw it's, his live specials in there too because i yeah. think the original yeah. like the, the, yeah. the, the, the q and a's and then too fat to 
um, are like these amazing, like not quite stand up comedy, but they end up kind of being stand up comedy organically, uh, yeah, like, like stage performances, what? because Too Fat to Fly has an entire sequence where he's talking about getting stoned out of his fucking mind, locking himself in the bathroom and convincing himself that he's taking the most violent shit in the world. <laughs> and he just keeps he just keeps screaming to his wife, it's ropey, it's ropey. <laughs> and then he gets yeah. out and he says there's just one tiny little pellet in the fucking toilet. And he gets up and his wife goes, oh my God, are you okay? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, fine. She goes, you were in there for two hours. And you just kept screaming, it's ropey, it's ropey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like that. Like, there's, like him and his co-host, they go to some fucking crazy places like, Oh, they did an entire, sure. they did an entire bit where they were like, "What if, what if Batman's origin was that his parents were killed by sharks?" <laughs> shark man. What's well, like? I love like Batman. Batman. Yes, is like especially the really early parts of it was like really interesting. Like, yeah, I, I do think I, I kind of like. All right, he had a heart attack. He almost died, and he wants to make the films that he started with and like finish that out. Sure. And yeah, like, no, and I, I totally I totally respect that and I appreciate it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I am I am a fan of Kevin Smith, regardless of what his movie output is, because his early movies I loved when I was 20s, whatever. And uh, the comics that he's written, I've really enjoyed in the past, with the exception of the two Batman books he wrote that he never finished. Thank God. Um and and like dudes like arlen was saying like his podcasting was great for a very long time i listened to a lot of his stuff and he was one of the first people to really monetize podcasting in a way like oh yeah he, he had a network before networks were yeah. a thing and uh he also it, it, like he directed some of the best episodes of the flash like and i'm mm-hmm. like as far as just good tv goes not even because we covered it but like the runaway dinosaur is an amazing episode of tv um, yeah, I mean, that is like is like shockingly like emotionally resonant for you know being something on the CW. Well, yeah. he was I he mean, was kind yeah. of like a second version of Stan Lee and like being like this being a geek and out and proud and pushing the mm-hmm. genre. Yeah, and yeah. all that thing. Yeah, I would and, say I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's I'm just I I am totally a fan of the guy's personality maybe i'm not a fan of all of his work but i am a fan of kevin smith in general i will give him mm-hmm. that which he, he's like the inverse max landis where he's a piece oh, of shit but oh. some of his work is pretty good <laughs> see i was going to transition to like oh and kevin smith's daughter's name is harley quinn oh yeah. what about that birds of prey trailer uh, i mean well i think we I, can I, we can I, we can close on that because we're, uh, it's like we're just like a little over 90 yeah. minutes or something like that. But like, okay, here's the thing. I was super down in that movie a couple months ago because I detest the way it looks. Um, it looks fun. However, don't call it Birds of Prey and then proceed to then ignore the Birds of Prey. That really bothered me. Yeah, I haven't so, even seen the trailer and on an ideological level that bothers me. Like, they, they, really they don't even get, they don't even get referenced they are there visually is. represented in ways that you couldn't possibly identify them like there's one shot of someone with a crossbow heavy reader yeah and there like, is there uh, is Mary Elizabeth a shot is on a motorcycle yeah and there's a right. shot of someone singing in a lounge and a glass starts shaking 
That's it. Yeah. There is no reference to the idea that they are Black Canary and Huntress. We, see a, we see a lot more of Rosie Perez as Montoya. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you want something that'll really infuriate you. Uh, the, the young Asian girl, Cassandra Kane, was the mute. The mute? Girl. Yeah. Was the oh, mute yeah, yeah, girl yeah. for the longest time. Is in time. like stupid fucking hip hop goggles and like a hoodie and just talking the whole fucking time? I don't remember the hip hop goggles, but yeah, she's in a hoodie. Yeah. 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 She just yeah. she looks like a bum. Yeah. yeah she was the yeah. back girl that her, her cow had no mouth. She's currently spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, not spoiler. Uh, shit. Orphan. I, maybe name. the hip hop goggles are probably just me inferring that everyone else is dressed like a fucking idiot in that movie. Wait, um, this this is the same Batgirl who was trained by what's her face, the most dangerous woman in the world, Lady Shiva. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and this and this she's a dumb okay. teenager in distress. So Black Canary has a cigarette in her ear. I'm looking at the trailer right now. And then mm-hmm. Harley Quinn's cutting her hair. I like the voice. I never. I have not seen Suicide Squad. I like the voice, but like. Do we need okay. this much Rosie Perez? Like it's a this lot is the of Rosie second Perez. time you said you haven't seen Suicide Squad. <laughs> I don't understand this. I'm in the same boat, it. Lou. I've never seen it. Yeah. I like what? that there's hyenas. Yeah, no. The I... problem We're is not the... just gonna steamroll over this. I'm sorry. I know you want to, but we're not just Pretend that you didn't say you haven't seen Suicide Squad. I don't want to see it. Yeah, same. <laughs> like, I hear the I... thing. Here's the thing. It's it's kind of like it does have a BVS kind of like what the fuck were you thinking kind of appeal. I was going to say we said BVS. It, you're not selling me on it. But like, here's the thing. <laughs> I I still appreciate BVS because it's like the most like it is an ambitious fuck up. Um, and Suicide Squad is kind of like it's a fuck up, but in the ways of like. This was completely preventable. What made you make these decisions? Why did you keep on going? Why did you remember when I was this was this this was edited by a nine year old? Like what? Yeah, Arlen, don't you remember when I messaged the group? Should I watch Godzilla and Hellboy or Aquaman and Suicide Squad? No, and I was like, he must be. (laughs) That can't be true. There's No. no way he hasn't seen Suicide Squad yet, and he's deciding. Now is my moment to watch <laughs> Suicide Squad. Oh, I don't have but, um, time. I didn't have anyway, time. Anyway, but that, but that, um, that trailer, like, I don't like how it, like, Harley Quinn's dressed like she's going to a rave, and I hate it. Um, and they're con- like the visual, con- like the visual representations of both Huntress and Black Canary is like they swig alcohol and they smoke cigars. Blah! Like it's 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 definitely so they came from a fucking cigar swilling executive. Like oh, the tough broads, they got they got to drink booze. <laughs> That's right. They need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just honestly, I I don't really have an opinion one way or another on this. Like, I'm I'm curious, but not in a like, oh, I'm curious because I want to see that, as, or well, here's I'm the thing, curious like, to see how bad it is. I'm just curious. As okay. someone who's kind of like coming, like, and honestly, it's um, injustice too in a couple of the comic books. Oh, excuse me. <sighs> like, kind of turned me on to the idea of like, wow, Black Canary's fucking cool. Um. And I really like her character. And I like her relationship with Ollie. Um, and the the arrow has had some fucking swings and miss with the character, but now they've got fucking three or four of them walking around, so you can take your pick of the litter. Um, <laughs> but um, and then for me to go cool, like it, it, in a really quick amount of time, like Black Canary and Huntress 
are going to be in a movie with Harley Quinn. That's nuts to me. And then the trailer comes out. I'm like, do you people know what these characters are supposed to be at all? Okay. I think I'm from, I just finished the trailer. I think, I think they turned like uh, that Batgirl into uh, what is the Asian character in Deadpool 2, the girlfriend? Uh, uh, Meg- oh. Megasonic's girlfriend. I think yeah. they're trying to do that. I mean, She's like hipster and cutesy. Could be. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I've been excited seems... for this movie there's, for a there's, while. There's also a term. There's a term that was that was hanging over Suicide Squad. That is that I feel in this movie. And it's gaudy. Why is mm. this universe so fucking gaudy? I don't get it. Yeah. Like, Everything is blinged out. Everyone's got fucking chains and gold-plated, whatever the fuck, and purple Lamborghinis. Well, well like, if you look at the superheroes in their world and how they're dark and super grim, like, it would think the inverse for villains would be to as bright But it's not just the villains, possible. though, because, like, Black Canary looks gaudy. Harley looks gaudy. Well, like, no, everything is, looks gaudy in this. They're, it's, they're trying to be campy, but, like, edgy campy. And yeah. it's just coming off as like this gaudy grossness because it's not campy like um, like Batman and Robin, where it's just like, oh, my God, what the fuck are you doing? It's it's the Jared Little Joker problem. It's like, why are you yeah. over accessorizing this? Like, why is there so much going on with this one character idea? Like, she still has eight billion tattoos. Like, why? Yeah, she has. She has eight why? billion tattoos. She's got like this weird fucking flamingo costume it looks like it's like got two pom-poms lit on fire attached to it or something um and or like i don't know there's hairs all the fucking place and everyone's in some awful ugly easter color like it's just too like like turn everything down jesus christ (laughs) and if you're gonna have these other characters it seems like from the trailer no one's in a costume no one's in a costume and no one gets fucking named and black and ewan mcgregor as black mask is not wearing a mask at all? Nope. And he's not even again. He's not named either. He's just you and McGregor. Yeah. Well, it's, like the it's... sub, like the subtitle of the movie is the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. You should have just called it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. If this is the route you're going. But wasn't it originally supposed to be Gotham City Sirens? And they've yes. changed the name like five times. Right? This was yeah. a Joker and Harley Quinn movie, and then it became a Harley Quinn movie, and then it became a well, Gotham yeah. Sirens movie, and then it became Birds of Prey. They became two separate movies because the Joker and Harley Quinn movie is. Still coming, I guess. I don't know. Ew. Um, yeah. No, I think Jared Leto's. I think that movie's now. done. I think if that movie happens, <laughs> they will recast Joker, and that's their place to sort of well, say. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like resetting. There him. are there are production stills of Margot Robbie outside of. Okay, this is a bizarre sentence. I'm going to say outside of the Joker's house. Yeah. And she's like throwing shit at his windows, and like there is. What is very clearly a Jerry Little stand-in as the Joker, like, closing his blinds, which, let's just digest that for a second. Joker has a house. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He wanted, yeah. He wanted some equity. Joker has his... a house in the suburbs <laughs> where, he, where his solution he, to someone yeah. causing a wreck is to close his blinds. Con- Connor, have you not... <laughs> have you Everybody not seen... grows up. The in-universe TV show where Harley and Joker they renovate houses and then it's on HGTV. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. One of one of one of them is a performance artist and one of them is a craftsman. And their budget is two yeah. million. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I pet geckos and my, my <laughs> husband is a 
stay-at-home astronaut. My, my budget husband, is five my billion. Husband, my husband. My husband mm-hmm. decorates oxygen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think a lot of so here's the thing. I've I've been into this movie for a while, and I've said this many times because I know Margot Robbie is producing it, and that's exciting enough on its own for me because I know she cares about this character in particular, and she was not so happy with a lot of the choices that this character that were made about this character by other people uh, in other movies. And she is basically going to be the protector of this character going forward. Yeah. And that's um, kind of like, that's the shred of optimism so, I'm getting into where like Margot yeah. Robbie seemed to have like, it's the same way Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins, like, like grab the wonder woman franchise and like wrap their hands around. They're like, they're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, uh, my shred of hope for uh, this, this birds of prey movie is that the, the rumor of the story of it being there's a, a dick pic of you and mcgregor's trapped inside oh. a diamond i hope that's true oh god i hope Something that's like true that. I, yeah, I, I remember it being about a dick pic and that he's yeah. like like it's about him being gay and he's closeted wasn't that yeah, like something plot? like that i that's that was the rumored oh, plot god, which <laughs> which is curious to me because wasn't the original script for suicide squad too dropped because it was too close to the birds of prey script i thought there was something along those lines i i never knew that they actually got to a script phase pre-gun okay. signing on board okay so was it just the storyline or the the pitched story was too similar i just Maybe. i can't remember there was there was supposed to be something that the writer for uh suicide squad 2 when gun came on like they dropped him shortly after and there was some sort of story about like, yeah, the story was too similar to the Birds of Prey storyline. I mean, that sounds right. Again, they they had multiple movies in production. They had a Suicide Squad two. They had the Harley and Joker movie. They had a Harley Quinn solo movie, and they actually had a separate Birds of Prey movie, um, all in production at the same time. Oh, and yeah, man, they're ambitious. Well, I mean, I think it's more yeah. like they're throwing all of the shit against the wall and seeing what's yeah like, tacky it's, enough it's to like stay a, and what's diarrhea pouring down the side. Yeah, <laughs> it's buckshot basically. Yeah. They're they're not they're not planning to hit everything. Well, what's upsetting me about like all, like the DC state is for, well, comics that have thrown together, but like even the animation has begun to suffer, which oh. is like which is where like I mean, for a long time I was like yeah. Yeah, well, but, like, I, I think it, I think it's become like like it's become really noticeable in the last like few years. Like when once the Killing Joe came out, people were like, "What the fuck are you thinking?" Well, and that's now a, with that, well, yeah. And then with the new Hush revelation, it's like you you just went and changed a story for no reason, and you sucked the meaning out of it. I say that, yeah. but I just finished the season of Young Justice they did, and it was fantastic. Oh, that's a different story because like yes. I feel like Young Justice happened. Young Justice happened like, in spite of like any yeah. problems at DC going on. Because Young Justice covers yeah. so much. They freaking pulled um, what's her name? That like random bat character that was around for like a minute that Snyder made. Uh, Harper Row. She's in the season. Oh, of uh, Bluebird. Yes. Oh, that's not cool. as Bluebird though, but as Harper Row. Like, well, they did, like I a think, whole side plot with her. I think the thing is too, Lou, is that uh, the 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 animated series are held to a different standard than the animated movies. Yeah. The movies, they know they can just pump out and just be like, who cares? 
here. Which We're is not what he, it, it didn't used to be that. Yeah, like because um, this year, Flashpoint Paradox, uh, Justice League Doom, uh, like all uh, those fucking, Batman movies before. All those Batman like Killing Joke and yeah, Killing exactly. Joke. All those under movies the, are under great. the Red Hood was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yes. God, under the Red Hood is fantastic. But then, like, you go to Suicide Squad, Road to Hell, and you're like, oh, what happened? What is wrong well, with Gibbard's well, head? There's the, like, no, there's yeah, the first, we're not the going Arkham down that. one. Yes, the first like, Arkham one is horrible, too. Yeah. The, yeah, they're just like, ugh. they just gave up at some point. It, it feels like. Um, I don't yeah. know what happened, really. It's just. Now, like, it, now that entire animated set, like, all those movies exist for me personally, just for fodder for the DC Universe of Bridge channel to fucking rip apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll go into them expecting them to be bad, and then I'll watch the Aquaman one, and I'll be like, that's all right, I guess. That's fine. That was... That I was can nice. never... I can't watch that ever again without hearing the voice of Zoidberg come from that fucking lobster. So, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> DC Universe Abridged. That was the saddest part of watching this, the season three of Young Justice, is that, like, there's one shot of Red Tornado in all of the Oh, <laughs> man! <laughs> Because they're just not, they don't work, like, he's just not part of the team. Like I know, but here's the thing, like, the less I see of him in the Young Justice of Bridge show, the the more I appreciate him, because when he comes in and just starts, like, your volume is at, like, a comfortable fucking room setting where it's, like, everything's fine, and then Red Tornado comes in, just blows your fucking windows out. Ignore me. Ignore me. I hate you. (laughs) Uh. Fuck this. I'm leaving. I think he shows up in the um I think it's the the Justice the the bat the Crisis on Two Earths uh, abridged movie and he just shows up for two seconds to fight one of the evil league members and all he says is you are in my personal space and just blows someone away like <laughs> that's it I do, anyway. I do want to say which sucked in I, I will be th- done after this in Young Justice it's the third animated version of the Judas contract. I think it's the best version. Wow. And I don't ever want to see it again. Okay, well, because they did it on Teen Titans the first time and they did a movie and here, right? The movie is terrible. It's like I've heard that. It's gross. Which it it's, is the comic book, so it's gross. I don't know what the Judas contract actually, is. They actually have Deathstroke and Terra getting down on each other. Uh almost. She is straight up in like sexy lingerie trying to hit on Deathstroke in the booth. Gross. I'm oh, noticing, yes. a, uh, noticing a connection here between the killing joke and this. Yes. Well, that was part well, of the comic book is that she's like 13 or 14. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. there's a reason that you change things sometimes. Yeah. Yes, this which not, is what they did. Like, yeah. Like the, the Teen Titans, the way that they did it in Teen Titans, it worked. It emotionally worked. And across age ranges, I rewatched it. Uh, yeah. pretty recently and it still plays really well i remember my brother well being like eight my brother was the biggest fucking teen titans fan i knew and like I, he was the person whom i first heard talk about a character named tara because i wasn't into comic books at that time mm-hmm. um he fucking loved that show and he was really upset when it ended and then like i came later to find out that they did their own version of judas contract um and now i think that titans will end up probably doing it too I mean, oh, it no. looks like they will in some form. Um, well, the problem is it's like the most, it's the quote-unquote most important story in like the Titans history. Also, right? um, I don't want to spoil it's anything like for Phoenix. Titans. I don't want to spoil anything for oh. Titans, but like there's a really strange choice of a death um, in that show and a strange choice of a race change 
for a pretty prominent new character in DC. Mm. Oh, I haven't watched it. You'll yeah. have to tell me off mic then. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 odd. I don't know. It's it's probably not a big deal. I may be overthinking it, but I don't know. I think I feel like for someone who is kind of as well received as they were to just kind of to do them like that is weird. But anyway, I think we can wrap up. Yeah, I think that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Um, what the fuck am I supposed to plug here? Um, so Blockbuster Bomb come to an end for Movie Dumpster with the Green Lantern episode, which should be out soon. Uh, recording is not uh, as bad as we predicted uh, as far as the audio distortions on someone's end goes. Um, and Sean did his best to salvage it. No so. idea who you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. No. Who is that? Who could possibly be that show? Um, yeah. And we just recorded uh, an episode for uh, a Disney Channel I read it as a failed pilot. I was told I was wrong, and that it was simply an episode of the Disney Channel Presents of Mr. Boogity, um, who is... What? Yeah, it's a 45-minute movie about the most ineffective ghost who's ever lived. Um, he's beaten by a vacuum cleaner. Um, so it's oh. Casper? No, yeah. no, it's way worse. <laughs> um, it's about a family... You guys going to watch Smart House next? Uh, no, I think next we're doing next is demonic toys, um, nice. and then after Ooh. that is I can't remember what's after that. But then the final one we're doing for Halloween is Trick or Treat from 1986 that has cameos from Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons. Oh God, that movie with Sammy Kerr. Yes, that movie. Um, oh. uh, if you've ever watched Best of the Worst, they've covered it on there. I think it was a Mission Science Theater episode, so now it's our turn to give it a go. Um. Then we're going into November, and I, th- I think Sean has it in his head, and I, I'm on board with this. We're going to watch Terminator Salvation right when the new one comes out. So <sighs> there's that, and then we're getting our holiday movies, uh, our Christmas movies all set up. I've already settled in mine, and it's going to be Prancer from the 90s, um, which is not something I've seen since I was little, and I remember that reindeer being fucking scary. So, uh, yeah, there's all that. Green Lantern should be out by the middle of... Uh, Think this coming week and we know that's not really blockbuster season anymore but it was a lot of editing so <laughs> yeah uh yeah Scarce a lot of editing across every episode not just one episode <laughs> yeah um yeah uh what are my plugs uh if you want to hear me talk more about the joker uh, i talked about it a lot on lost Haro podcast that's why i didn't talk about it much earlier because eh, i said a lot there um but yeah, go listen to that episode, which I was supposed to put up hours ago, and I will do that after <laughs> we do this. So uh, listen to that, and yeah, I think that's all the stuff I got for you, so yay. I'm Eric Fedorchak. You can find me at Eric underscore Fedor on Instagram. There's pictures of dogs and cats and food and comics and other assorted things um most recently our our malamute celebrated her one year birthday and you can watch a video of her eating a steak in about six seconds um outside of that i'm never watching suicide squad you can't make me (laughs) (laughs) oh oh you say that now (laughs) that's it just wait till we have to do the Suicide Squad movie special. I'll be dead by then. Let's be honest. <laughs> what if? What? If, how's about this? What if I nominated as a court case? Then we can do it whenever we want. Like huh? I said, I'll how's be dead by that? then. 
uh, my time on this earth is limited. Okay. Suicide Squad is the death knell. Um, so, Luke Gonzalez, you can check out the other shows on here. So, Smallville will be back soon enough. And then Comic Show, where we've been covering Hoxpox. We have one issue left next week. And uh, yeah, check out those shows. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to everything, and tell a friend. Smash that like button. Yeah. Yeah. As Nightcrawler said, go forth and be fruitful. (laughs) (laughs) First rule of mutant nation. Get the fucking... It's a weird thing for a Catholic to say. I I was about to say, is that a reference to an orgy? I wonder what you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. He, it's him answering a question from his mom. Oh, oh, oh. suddenly oh, got very fedor in here. Oh my god, what oh, is that picture in the fucking chat room? That is from the Judas contract. That looks like fan art. What the fuck is that? It's so bad. Can you their, please... their slate design is the worst, by the can way. Can you please I make that slate design? Can you please make that the episode art? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, there's worse pictures from that. That, movie. that is shocking and hysterical. It, it looks like it's trying to be really bad. Aeon Flux. It like what is happening with his mouth? Oh my god! End the episode. He's doing a a a, a, a halo. <laughs> it's such bad Aeon Flux. Anyways, bye everybody. Bye. Adios.